Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. Today's show is about protecting rookie investors from making bad investment decisions. Bad investment decisions are those that ultimately result in losing money, pain, and anguish. This weekend, I was speaking at an investment conference. I had several people approach me asking for advice about buying properties in markets where the purchase prices were low and the tenants don't have the funds to pay the rent. Yes, folks, don't get ahead of me now. I know many of you have seen this movie before. You know the ending. One investor in particular bought a multifamily property in Chicago. It was clear to me that he had not done his due diligence. He didn't know which streets were the dividing lines for rival gangs in the area. He relied upon the publicly available heat maps that were available on the crime statistics websites. He didn't know that the city had cut back on policing in many neighborhoods and that violent crime had jumped by 60% in a period of months. He relied upon the broker's information about the property. The financial model he constructed followed what he'd been taught in a real estate investing workshop. He'd allocated 8% of his gross monthly income to maintenance. He chose that percentage in his financial model because that's what he was taught. He liked the fact that the government subsidies for rent were above the market rent and the property was going to produce strong cash flow. But here's the problem with that approach. All of these spreadsheet-based approaches neglect the reality on the ground. When a tenant does something that might put their government subsidy in jeopardy, they will often try and hide it by creating a diversion, a distraction. This usually takes the form of damaging the property, calling the housing authority to inspect the property. They argue that the landlord isn't maintaining the property. These techniques are similar to a schoolyard bully where the victim, in this case the landlord, gets in trouble. The government falls for it every time. The spreadsheet approaches also neglect the true cost of maintaining the property when maintenance events occur. Some maintenance events are somewhat difficult to predict. You don't know when a refrigerator is going to die. You don't know exactly when a water heater will die. But you do know that a water heater costs about the same in an apartment that rents for $2,000 a month as an apartment that rents for $650 a month. The water heater doesn't care how much rent you're collecting. When it dies, it's going to die. You're looking at hiring a plumber to replace it. If it's powered by natural gas, you may have to hire a gas contractor to disconnect the old one and reconnect the new one. If the water heater died the way most of them do, you're probably facing a significant cleanup and repair for the water damage. You're replacing flooring, repainting, possibly having mold remediation. All of these things happen to the same apartment that brings in $650 a month or $2,000 a month. If the 8% budgetary number is appropriate for the $2,000 apartment, then it's way too low for the $650 apartment. You would need to reserve three times that. You'd be looking at reserving 24% of your gross revenue in the $650 apartment in order to equal the same dollar amount. When a tenant moves out and the apartment needs to be cleaned, the cost of the cleaning is going to be roughly the same regardless how much rent was being charged. In fact, you might even find the scope of work to clean a low-income apartment is much higher. You're getting the idea here. Your financial model for maintenance and repairs needs to consist of listing all the expected maintenance costs that could come up for an apartment. And then it's your job to estimate the frequency that these events will occur. Water heater will need to be replaced every 10 to 15 years, carpeting every 5 to 8 years, ceramic tile every 15 to 20 years, air conditioners somewhere between 15 to 20 years. Apartments will need to be repainted maybe every three to four years. And when you add all of that up, you can estimate the real dollar value you need to maintain in reserves. But here's the other problem that often arises in the financial model. You construct a model where the rents increase with the rate of inflation, perhaps 2% a year. 
you might model the same 2% for expenses, but I can show you examples where energy costs have increased 10 to 15% in a single year. I can also show you very specific examples of cities that are in financial difficulty. In those cities, water rates have increased much faster than inflation. Property taxes have increased much faster than inflation. If you fast forward a few years, you may discover that the cumulative effect of all these small errors results in a huge miscalculation in the profitability of your property. When you're operating the property, you handle surprises as they come. A typical property owner treats these surprises as a string of unlucky events. The first surprise is bad luck. The second is also bad luck. And by the time you've had five or six events, you're starting to think that this property is cursed. It's possessed by demons. Some property owners will sell the property because it's not performing and then go on to repeat the same mistake by purchasing another property, hoping for better luck the next time. When the assumptions in the model at the beginning of the project are incorrect, almost everything that happens in that building will be a surprise and a source of financial pain. Take the time to construct a new financial model based on actual estimated expenses for some of the most common repairs. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.